1: everyone welcome back to gaining momentum with Megan and Abby Welcome, Uh, welcome we're so glad that you're here to participate and listen to part two of our conversation on gender and parenting and gender diversity in parenting we got lots of amazing conversation going coming out of episode one so we're hoping that episode two can kind of round out that conversation and we'll keep it going yeah let's get into it and as always let us know what you think I think, when I think about, like, the things that I've felt like I had to push back against, okay, this is, like, so complex for me because it's really, like, changed age to age. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did a really, like, it was easier to push back uh, when my, I have a three and an eight-year-old, so I'm thinking about my eight-year-old right now. When my eight-year-old was small, mm-hmm. like, I felt really in charge of that narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt really empowered. I felt like he got to play tons with gender and mm-hmm. and express and, you know, like try on whatever felt good. And, mm-hmm. and that was awesome. Where I felt really disempowered is since like, I I feel like I've lost control of the message since he's like entered society.
0: Right. That's the hard part that a lot of people struggle against, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was an article that I read in the New York times. I think it was the hardest part of raising a non-binary child
1: is other people. hundred percent. And when I I should say, like, when I say I, I I mean, like, my partner and I, Mm -hmm. I just want to be clear, like, it's not just me. Yeah, I love that. I love that, um, that they said that, because uh, that resonates deeply. Like, as soon as my kid went to school, a flip switched, Mm -hmm. and it's really fascinating. It was like, oh, there's, like, all these things that, like, I like to do. My favorite pup is Sky. I love Frozen. Yes, yes. my favorite colors are pink and purple. I paint yes. my nails because my mom does. And I, it's cool. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you want to paint your nails? It's awesome. Why wouldn't you love Sky? Although, mind you, I'm an Everest person, but that's fine. Yeah, fair enough. I'm with you on that. Um, <laughs> don't even get me started on the gender politics of Paw Patrol, though. Yeah, we'll man. That should be its own ep. Or
0: just really, like, because there are so many knockoff cartoons of Paw, like, that are like that, oh, yeah. where all of the female characters wear pink. Yeah, and, like, or there's, that's like there's, like, their identity. their identity. There's one. And their, their, their identity tokens. is wearing mm-hmm. pink.
1: And there's no non-binary characters no. like they're always gendered there's there's rarely like i mean there probably are actually want to put up some like resources like there probably are some great shows that are like challenging some of that stuff where there is like characters that are like genderless or gender creative but mm-hmm. in the stuff that like is shoved down our kids throats yeah. to like be yeah. interested in yeah um they're not and i'm totally on a tangent here but all of the paw patrol merchandise okay this is like an actual like gripe i have that's deep They don't put the female characters on the boy, the quote, boy, like clearly the stuff that they're marketing towards boys Mm -hmm. on any of that merchandise. Hmm. And I, it's bullshit. I find it infuriating. They'll have stuff. And it's because I've like tried to, I like refuse to buy anything that doesn't have the whole squad or Mm -hmm. like at least some representation. I know that's like a really weird hill to die on, but Like, it matters, right? It does matter.
0: Well, it's like we're saying all the time, representation matters. It matters big time. And so it's, like, not a small hill to die on because, like, the merchandise Mm -hmm. is something that your child will be interacting with regularly. And so, like, those little things are the things that, like, stick in their minds. And then they sow the seeds and then they bloom into, Mm -hmm. like, this is how we do things.
1: But, like, what horseshit is that? That, like, you're going to put out, like, so you'll put all the characters on the girls' quote I'm qu- air quoting all of this cuz it's all baloney it's all mm-hmm. nonsense stuff but you're going to like you're actually like supporting f- a feedback loop where boys aren't going to want to celebrate female characters mm-hmm. by like completely eliminating them like mm-hmm. from the it's just wild i'm like how are we still here like beyond the fact that they're all binary like we're still here that like, they're not even going to put like sky and Everest on the goddamn t-shirt.
0: <laughs> I got yeah, and It's just it's things like that. Right. That are so easy because like these they're anthropomorphic.
1: Yeah. yeah they're dogs that yeah. uh, go on missions. Like yeah, we need like, to
0: none st- of this is based reality in reality in some serious way. And yet like that's the hill <laughs> that like that's going too far.
1: Yeah. It's like, none of this is based in reality, but it's deeply rooted in our cultural nonsense. And so which it's just interesting. Like,
0: like, you know, cool. We'll Suspend disbelief and, like, mm-hmm. believe that these dogs are smarter than all of the adults
1: in their town. And the ten, are, like, their 10-year-old leadership that, like, is a <laughs> billionaire inventor. The Tony Stark of Adventure Bay.
0: <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. God forbid that we include somebody who is, like, a pup that's non-binary or any sort of, non- mm-hmm. like, yeah, any non-binary identity where it's, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going too far. Anyway, no. end of our Paw Patrol um, rant. <laughs> yeah.
1: I I digress. I digress. What I was trying to get at was that as soon as my kid went to school, mm-hmm. wow, that was a wild ride. <laughs> um, I felt this episode was like, is not was bought, really... brought
0: to you by Paw Patrol. They will not Nuh-uh. be
1: sponsoring us. <laughs> <laughs> We've blown it. Yeah, I I felt like he had an acute awareness of, being transgressive and like there was risk involved, like, which was, I think one of my biggest heartbreaks as a parent to date is like the moment I realized that my kid recognized, oh, there's too much risk in being myself. Mm,
0: Yes. I've read so many stories about that. And just, I am dreading Mm -hmm. the day that that happens for my kid where he like,
1: it's an innocence loss moment, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, gender play created creativity Because every, like, you know, most environments are pretty norm core, you know, and that's like, obviously there's lots of wonderful people out there who are like having the same thoughts and discussions, but I mean, you know, it's just like the reason we're having the discussion because the cultural norm is still prevailing and is still oppressive. Yes. Yes. And so he, yeah, I just like noticed, like he was like, he, so things happen, like he had all these like bejeweled jewelry boxes that he had made they were awesome. You just like stick the Julie stickers on and awesome. That's hilarious because I was going to be like, how did you make those? But you just told us so perfect. Oh, no, no. They're like kits, -kits. Uh, pre-kits. But he loved Uh them and he like, I remember him coming home from school one day once he had started kindergarten and he purged the things that he saw to be like too risky. Oh, that's so upsetting. And it's also upsetting in how normal that is. Yeah, and I remember trying to interfere and like I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that moment because like he was feeling a feeling that mm-hmm. there was like, I'm not going to tell him it's safe. Yeah. Because it's not, it probably isn't. Yeah. But I also want him to be who he am, who he, am, who he is.
0: <laughs> and... You, what, you, I thought you were going to just try to start uh, quoting that Timbaland song, The Way I Are. What was it? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Something like that. Um, that's literally how my three-year-old talks right now. He cannot get his <laughs> pronouns sorted out. But yeah, I just... I think like our, my, my partner and I, our approach in that was to like continue to like debunk Mm -hmm. like what he was like learning to be true. I hate, but Mm -hmm. it's just like so disconcerting to lose control of the message. Right. It's like, we are no longer the only factors in your worldview. Yeah, And I hate that.
0: (laughs) What are you, what are you doing with your three-year-old then knowing that that's kind of how things are going to progress now that you've seen it, how it, how it works in action.
1: Well, I'm even more nervous because my three-year-old was, like, very, like, naturally inclined toward very stereotypically dude-ish stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. he loves trucks and he, Mm -hmm. like, my eight-year-old, none of this stuff, like, disinterest, like, couldn't be less who he was as a small kid. But at the same time, as a, like, basically the entire year of two, he told us he was a girl. And we're like, cool. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Now, I feel like even he has, like, snapped in the position and somewhere along the way picked up like, Oh no, I'm not. Okay. Right. And is like now like changed his pronoun. And he's like,
0: and do you think like that was boy. his choice to change it? Or do you think that's like the message that he received?
1: Who knows? But I have to believe that there's like, I mean, stuff happens all the time where I'm like, God damn. Like we're again, like even <laughs> earlier with this one, I feel like we've lost control of the message. Like, yeah. Stupid things. Like we're buying a sleeping bag the other day. Mm-hmm. It's all like capitalism crap too like yeah. it's like the things you buy yeah but i'm like which one do you want i'm holding up like obviously there's like it's like again and then we're locked into this binary baloney yeah there's a spider-man and a disney princess like which is just like i should have just left the store right you're there like, but can i, I just got like in a, a second. freaking like, green sleeping bag without get, any of the where's stuff yellow can we get yellow <laughs> like um and all these like yeah market of like whatever like characters that you're like trademarked um and he said it was the first time he's ever said something like this again i'm like my little heart shattered he's like that one's girls mm-hmm. like looking at the pink princess bag mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm the parent who's in the aisle who's like arguing with my three-year-old about like no it's not <laughs> yeah this is flipping bag this is for people that like these princesses and yeah. like this color yeah <laughs> anyway but he's just there for Elsa like stands. he's like That's for girls. I want the spider. Anyway, so it was like, it's coming up earlier even with him. I. And I wonder if it's just because like we have an older child who's like also like performing gender in a particular way. I don't know. I think it's just like at this point about leaving the door open and continuing to challenge. Mm Mm-hmm. And also like normalizing gender spectrum, like actually yeah. these are not two boxes. Yeah. And I think
0: that's a good place to go too, because yeah. when we're talking about sort of, yeah, what we're doing with our kids mm-hmm. to let them know for the spectrum that exists. And so I was asking my son just to kind of see where he's at. So I was like, okay, like, you know, so cause I'll often ask him like, you know, are you a boy today? Are you a girl today? Or like, nice. what's your name today? Or. Like, you know, just sort of ask him what his identity is for the day. Cause like you're saying it's expression and playing and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And then whatever his answer is, that's cool. That's what we roll with. But cool. then I also asked him, I was like, so what is a boy? Mm-hmm. And then he, it was great. Cause he thought about it for a while. And so I was like, okay, he's like legitimately well thinking about this. And then he was like, I don't know. Oh, that's lovely. And so I said, okay, what's well, a girl. And then same mm-hmm. thing. He thought about it for a little while and he's like, I don't know. But it was interesting in that. I think he felt like he needed to have an answer. Like he Mm -hmm. almost looked sheepish that he didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, you don't have to have an answer. Like, I just wanted to know what you were going to say.
1: You should have been like, you're right.
0: (laughs) Correct. So like, I want (laughs) to, I hope that we're able to find a way to protect that because like, Mm -hmm. what is a boy?
1: What is a girl? Yeah. It's, it's nonsense. Yes. At the end of the day. Yeah. It's a construct. None of it's real.
0: It comes from it's The Matrix. I actually it's... don't know if that's an appropriate reference. <laughs> I still don't get that movie. I like it. I like it. But we maybe are in it the gender one Matrix. coming
1: out. Was is there a new one coming out? Yeah. Oh my. I better Although catch up.
0: Lawrence Fishburne wasn't invited to be in it. Ooh.
1: I... Yeah. That's another episode. Yes. So I got to be perfectly honest. Never seen a single Matrix movie. What? I know. Wow. I know. And you know what? I have actually heard that like they are kind of allegories for like, it, this might be like, I don't know. GM community, correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard some stuff on the on the World Wide Web that <laughs> that there are some allegory, allegories for like gender non binary stuff and like challenging gender prescription and yeah. You yeah. know what?
0: As you were saying that, I actually I think you're right. I yeah. have to revisit it because that movie made very little impact in my mind, especially by the third one. I was just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, I'll go see it in theaters because I'll see anything in theaters. Yeah. But, well, I you know, I used to see anything in theaters. Yeah, I was going
1: to say good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about like the insidious stuff that's there for boys, mm-hmm. because that's sort of like what we're grappling with. Actually, well, speaking I, of insidious,
0: I also yeah. wanted to say boys will be boys. Ugh.
1: <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Boys will be shitty, violent, aggressive, uh, uncontrollable plagues on society. Like that's my interpretation of that statement.
0: Yes. And I think that's like insidious, for boys, but it's also insidious for everybody else.
1: Oh, big time. It's a scapegoat. It's a Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a scapegoat for the people who use that to hide behind for any shitty behavior that they do. Mm-hmm. And then it's also, what's the word I'm looking for? It's also, like we were saying earlier, gaslighting.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: like it gaslights people who question that behavior. And then it also silences people.
1: And it completely eliminates accountability yes like it, it implies from a very young age that cisgender boys don't have to have accountability yes for their behavior and what a like shitty thing to tell them that they yeah. are not capable of i mean we might talk about this in future episodes i think you know we want to talk about like body safety stuff and consent yes. but like yes. yeah to suggest that like they're inherently not capable of those things yeah. is such an oh, insult
0: God. yeah that's gonna come up let's yeah Let's put a pin in that a kind of for that. now because we are definitely going to go there when we talk about consent. Yeah,
1: for sure. But anyway, yeah, I agree it's a, it's super insidious.
0: So yeah, it takes away accountability from people who that label applies to, who that statement applies to, boys will be mm-hmm. boys. But it also takes away agency from other people as though like okay. these things can just happen to you because, you know, boys will be boys.
1: Uh-oh, culture sucks. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> but what are you going to do about it? You know, boys will be boys. What are you going to do?
1: What are you going to do? You want a pretty dress? <laughs>
0: yes, that's insidious for boys. So then what is some of the things on the flip side for how we raise
1: girls? And I just want to keep reiterating, like the fact that we even understand it in that binary way, it yeah. is in and of itself, like totally insidious. Yeah. But and I you're... want to
0: talk about what uh, raising yeah. a raising nine binary, non, nine binary nine non-binary, non-binary children.
1: <laughs> for sure. So like, that's always a place to start, but I don't know. What do you think? Like, what were the things for you that you're like? I know we talked a little bit about our own experiences, but like that you hear people saying or that you like you notice like got, are like cringy, like ugh, like being contributing. Yeah. Being
0: polite, not talking back, which is also most of the time translated to not speaking up or speaking out. Staying in line. Yeah. And putting other people's comfort above your own comfort, which also translates to putting others' comfort above your own safety. hmm
1: oh wow what a dangerous message yeah <laughs> yeah i have this like weird thing that i've noticed in schools mm-hmm. this is, hopefully is not a tangent but like where it's like i hear people say like oh school is not like designed well for boys like they, yeah, have, uh, like they yeah. they need to get their energy out and they, it's like sitting all day i don't disagree with that but i think it's a nonsense statement to suggest that it's only poorly designed for boys. Yeah. And something that I've noticed is that like there's this like weird gendering that's happened by the time kids are school aged where yeah. girls do you know sit in their seat and like do what's required of them mm-hmm. because they've already been gendered like you know trained well enough mm-hmm. by K or 1 that like that's their role and yeah. then like you know we do, we do give like but I, boys like more I mean they do sometimes they struggle in those spaces Speaking of like my even my own kids' experience, but you know we seem to give them more leeway in mm-hmm. that struggle, mm-hmm. and then but then there's this like when a when a little girl or like you know just still speaking in the binary because this is how schools are even understanding it yeah yeah um is one of those kids who can't sit and can't like somehow I feel like the re- response to that is always it seems like much harsher
0: yeah oh for sure. That's where you get like, you know, the labels like bossy or mm-hmm. the labels like they talk too much or, mm-hmm. you know, like all those sort of stereotypes. Yes. Thank you. But yes. it's like
1: if you put those two behaviors like a, like a cisgender boy and a cisgender girl doing the same behavior in a classroom, mm-hmm. I feel like the response to the, the girl's behavior is, a str- is usually like, it feels like, I don't know. I just like, in, I, I've noticed it. It's extra. It's more unsettling for people. Or it's like feels like more out of place. It feels more combative. Yes. And I think it gets framed in ways that are like then um, prescribing and like not manifest destiny. That's not the word I'm looking for, but like it's like then it's like. You know, kids are assumed in a certain way that they're going to behave a certain way and that means a certain thing.
0: Yes. Where instead of just like looking at the behavior for what it is, this behavior suddenly like uh, it's it's a stand-in for all of these other traits Mm -hmm. and characteristics, which now because you spoke out that one time out of turn uh, apply to you and will Mm -hmm. follow you.
1: Yeah. Can you, have you ever had that like for yourself where you felt like there was like a double standard with some, some form of behavior that you had. I can't, think um, of well,
0: I mentioned the man yelling at me for playing soccer. Yeah. Uh, and then also, yeah, actually I remember cause in my junior high, now that I'm thinking about this, yeah. In my middle school, we had our, maybe was it like this for you. Did you have separate gym class? Like was it divided oh, yeah. by gender? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's that started in middle school. Cause elementary, everybody had gym class together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in high school, maybe we even did, but for whatever reason in middle school, it mm-hmm. was separated. And then I just remember wanting to do like whatever the boys side was doing in gym. And like the, the male gym teacher having like a real issue with that.
1: <laughs> of <Or> he did. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the gym teacher from Goldberg's. I don't know if you watch that show, oh, but sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just, I, yeah, that's, There's probably examples that are jumping out in my brain that are similar but i i don't know just even just like getting smaller like i think we encourage girls to be smaller yeah like physically and also behaviorally right i wasn't even thinking (laughs) i wasn't even thinking of the physicality piece i mean that's a whole other conversation i I feel like we need like a five-parter um (laughs) but yeah like just like take up less room yeah. with your voice, with your, yes. yeah, like, and and again, like, nobody is necessarily saying those things out loud to little girls, no. but they're taking those messages in. And I I even find I have to check myself with the things that I say to little girls. And I'm, I think I'm getting better, but like, you know, even just like, I really challenge myself to like, and I'm not a saint by any means, like I make lots of mistakes, but like the first thing that I say to any of my nieces or any of the little girls in my life is never going to be something about their physicality. no
0: oh that's yes um like oh you're so I love your hair I like
1: your dress like and and we all do it like I I know I've done it and I I have to check myself on that because I'm like no no I like the way that you worked hard at your math today (laughs) like I don't know finding (laughs) well it's interesting right like I think it's okay to say those things as
0: long as you're also saying the other things
1: yeah absolutely yeah like I
0: don't think you have to only say like never notice like because sometimes you might actually think an outfit is cute or adorable, but, I know, like, and I love but outfits. Like, it's also okay to like say that to a boy, like, you mm-hmm. know, where like, don't hold off on saying something to somebody who's one gender mm-hmm. that you wouldn't say to the other gender, because it's not supposed to be the appropriate thing
1: mm-hmm. where
0: like, you know, like you can admire an outfit for an outfit, no matter who's wearing it. You can mm-hmm. admire um, mathematical prowess <laughs> for <laughs> whoever is the one having the prowess without mm-hmm. it being like a caveat. Mm-hmm. to like their gender.
1: And maybe it links to what I said before about like what you lead with, right? Like yeah. maybe it's like like you just being mindful of like the the messages that we're like putting front and center or like mm-hmm. making room for mm-hmm. versus you know like who like the politics of those messages. Like where yeah. like where do what do we lead with? Where do we yeah but yeah. I think you're totally right as long as it's like
0: we're as long as that's not the only thing you're doing.
1: Yeah. Do you find that there's anything that you have to like check yourself on in this area? like that comes up for you or like, oh, I I have to check myself on that with your own kid or without any other kid? I'm trying to think with
0: my own kid. I feel like I'm generally pretty mindful of, Mm -hmm. like sort of, sometimes I'll catch myself. Well, normally it's just like I tell my my son that he's really cute or like, mm-hmm. you know, but then I'll like think in my head, I'm like, okay, but have you told him other things lately that you also like about him that are not physical appearance? Mm-hmm. And so I like generally, so it's like, one are those things where like before I'm like, before I stop myself, and be like, oh God, I'm such a bad mom. What am I doing? This is awful. Then mm-hmm. I just think to myself before I spiral, well, what else have you said lately? Like, are you saying other things? Mm-hmm. And so generally I'm like, okay, like just... You know what? I am. Like I also told him that I think he's like really smart, or I really like the way he figured out mm-hmm. a problem, or I really like the shorts that he picked to wear that day. or <laughs> mm-hmm. I really like the way mm-hmm. that he cleaned up after himself after mm-hmm. he spilled his cup of milk. Yeah, okay, that last one didn't happen. He'll never I was like, come on, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like also like being really forthcoming. one thing I've been trying to do a lot is when they show compassion or when they show Mm -hmm. kindness or Mm -hmm. when they're like, I like the way that you told me how you felt about that. Yes. Because I don't always do that. I'm big on feelings. Mm -hmm. Because I
0: also just think knowing how people feel makes life easier for everybody. Totally. Like emotional literacy
1: is just going to make the world a better place all the way around. And like, so cliche, I feel like I'm just a walking cliche, but like parenting's
0: hard. <laughs> oh, so like, yeah. if I can make it easier on myself by mm-hmm. just equipping my son with the vocabulary and the understanding to mm-hmm. express what he's thinking and what he's feeling, then like, yeah, man, why wouldn't I do that? Why yeah. would I just try to narrow him to a certain set of emotions? Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, sure, let's make things harder for him and harder for mm-hmm. me. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good plan.
1: And like celebrating that like skill, right? Like, yes. oh, it's like so great. Like just as much as you would anything else mm-hmm. and like putting weight behind that skill yeah i find i have to check myself on i really i'm really trying to check myself on how i talk about families Ooh, okay good one being really like intentional like if we like obviously we talk about books a lot because they are such a vehicle for learning and like, absolutely normalization and but like our books showing families that are diverse and mm-hmm. look really different like lots of different ways mm-hmm. um with like a non-binary parent or like Two moms, or two dads, or like you know, whatever, like a mm-hmm. single parent or a grandparent or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I talk about like fictional kids or like we're you know whatever we're chatting about something, I'm ch- I'm trying to check myself on like the mom and dad nonsense. Yeah, and yeah, for like, sure. Like generally, mom and mom? yeah. I think that's an interesting one too, right? Because that's a
0: tangible thing that people can do with parenting around gender, and mm-hmm. I've also tried to be more mindful of that too. Just even. As things come up, like where it's like, you know, when we grew up, all of the books were like mailman, mm-hmm. fireman, yes.
1: yeah. you know,
0: and so like just
1: like person
0: would finally, like, yeah, exactly. Just like switching it to like mail carrier, mm-hmm. firefighter, where yeah. nothing explicitly, um, why am I losing my words? This is a great time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't
1: worry. It's late.
0: <laughs> There's like nothing, um, explicitly it's not suggested the, yes it's, that's not the, the story yes. yeah 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 so, yeah like I think just as things come up just mm-hmm. you know answering questions that come up for instance lately because I, I think I mentioned earlier things are kind of aligning with or like you know whether I'm noticing it or whether it's just the way it's happening where mm-hmm. as we're like preparing for episodes and thinking more about things then conversations are also coming up yeah so like he told me he doesn't know what a boy is and he doesn't know what a girl is, but then mm. he'll say something like, you know, when, when you were little or yeah, when you were a kid, you were a girl.
1: Mm. Interesting. And so I'll
0: say like, yes. And now I'm a woman. And then he'll be like, okay, like what about his dad? When he was little, he was a boy, but mm-hmm. now he's, a, and I, now he's a man. And mm-hmm. I said, yes. And so then he'll be like, I'm a boy. And when I'm older, I'll be a man. And so like, instead I'll just be like, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: like, you know, like where it Mm -hmm. can be something that simple or like maybe, and then like go on as much detail. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to shoehorn everything in conversation, but be available Mm -hmm. to the opportunities as they present themselves. So like sometimes, you know, I'll just say maybe and leave it at that. But like, as things come up, I'll also explain to him that like, sometimes Mm -hmm. people might be a little boy, but then they'll grow up to be a woman because Mm -hmm. sometimes people are born into the wrong bodies.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And that's like, I don't know. I think there's like a fear for a lot of parents in like introducing some of these ideas around like you know like talking about gender in complex ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that because I've come I've come up against it in some of my other work, Mm, where where I hear parents say things like, "Oh, it it's they're too young." If I hear one more person tell me that it robs them of their innocence to talk about gender in complex ways. (laughs) I'm going to tear every hair out of my head. That's a promise. Don't you think it robs some of
0: their innocence not being heard?
1: Oh, it's just like every piece of evidence tells us that if we can do better in the way that we talk about identity Mm -hmm. and with gender specifically, and if we can be more inclusive and if we can normalize like what you're just talking about, you know, the experience of like gender expression and gender identity and, you know, the fluidity of some of those things for a lot of people we save lives, mm-hmm. right? We like literally, we literally save lives, yeah. not to mention just the morality of that. Right. Like, yeah, it's like people should be, it's a human right to be, be fully realized and who you yeah. are in my mind. And it is is—we like our, our code l- legal code says it is too, right? Mm-hmm. That we, mm-hmm. yeah, that like someone cannot be discriminated against on basis of that. But I just, yeah, it's such a, it's such so telling though, that like, somehow folks are equating bucking the binary or the conventional ways of understanding gender with somehow like perverting our children. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: and it's just like, and I think that just comes back to like what you're saying, just how people are uncomfortable with change. Mm -hmm. Whereas like change is the only constant. Right. And so like things aren't always the way that they have been. And so we don't have to think, keep things stuck to the moment that they are right now. I think I'm going two for two on YouTube references, but (laughs) stuck in this moment, (laughs) but but, you know, so like there's discomfort too, because sometimes when you're having conversations with your kids, it's hard if you don't know the answer or if you're not comfortable having the conversation, Mm -hmm. but like we live in the internet age guys. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes my son will ask me something and I'll say, I don't know, let me Google it.
1: Yeah. And like, that's a wicked thing to wicked. That's like the new Englander in me. It's a wicked thing to model. Um,
0: <laughs> I was going to try to do a really awful boss snack. I know I it's, coming, it's
1: coming so from me. Parking
0: the car at Harvard. <laughs> the car. Have a yard.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's like, there's so much to unpack there. First of all, it's like modeling that it's okay to not know. And it's okay to like yes. go and learn. Yeah. Second of all, um, what it also tells me though, is that when I'm hearing that from, from parents, they're conflating. Gender and sexuality, which are Mm -hmm. different things, Mm -hmm. they're completely different parts of our identity and of Mm -hmm. our who we are. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it just it demonstrates a real lack of understanding on that fundamental, some of this fundamental stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and just a lot of fear, right? Which is like, and again, like it's okay to not know something. There are ways to get
0: information, and so like you don't just because you don't know something doesn't mean it's not something that you'll ever know. It's like you were saying in our conversation on race, like you have to make a choice to learn and to do better and to know more. And so like we have an unprecedented access to information. Absolutely. I it so like, why not make use of
1: it? Yep, for sure. Like
0: when I needed a refresher for this conversation, cause so I was like, okay, I want to make sure I'm using the right terminology because terminology is important, but also mm-hmm. it's okay if I use the wrong term and then realize it and like learn and adjust because mm-hmm. it's not just like, you don't have to get everything right the first try, but you do need to try.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And if you've done harm with your first try, yeah. learn how to apologize. sit in that and apologize. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's Again, another theme kind of coming out of previous episodes. Like, coming into being
0: a parent, this isn't specific to gender, but just sort of things that I wanted to, for myself, get comfortable with saying to my son, knowing that like as mm-hmm. we grow up and we'd be having conversations, that I wanted to get comfortable saying, I don't know. I wanted mm-hmm. to get comfortable saying, I'm sorry. And I wanted to get comfortable saying, I'm wrong. Ooh,
1: trifecta.
0: <laughs> and so far it's going pretty well because there's no shame in any of that. Because nope. like, I i don't have all the answers. Sometimes mm-hmm. I fuck up mm-hmm. and like, sometimes, you know what? I am wrong and that's okay. Cause then when he hears, hears me say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Then he can go up to other people and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong.
1: You make it okay to be wrong, Yeah. right? Yep. That's totally like one of those, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of, um, non-overt, covert things that we maybe, that we model in just like our own behavior. Mm -hmm. I think that that's like such a gift to give your kid. Like here's, here's a, here's a good like code of conduct. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be wrong, but it also is okay to have to apologize. And yes, for sure.
0: And I think being okay with not knowing also will help foster an interest in learning.
1: Absolutely. Should we take a little break there? I think so. So now it's time for a segment of our show that we call our Momentum Shoutout. Abby, uh, tell me about something that you saw going on.
0: I was at the spray park with my son and I saw this dad have a pretty cool parenting move. Uh, he was getting his son ready to leave the spray park so you know getting out of the bathing suits changing back into regular clothes but somewhere in the changeover his kid decided to make a run for it and just like bolted like grease lightning just ran away (laughs) and was streaking across the (laughs) spray park and this dad just maintained his cool just chased after his kid who i repeat like usain bolt maybe needs to watch himself because this kid was fast <laughs> yeah and I just thought it was really cool how much this dad stayed calm and like didn't yell at his son at all didn't shame him about running around naked in a public place was just like super chill got his kid back managed to like wrangle him into his clothes and then like
1: carry on with their day and leave that's amazing and honestly
0: cool because he managed to avoid getting sprayed by all the different hoses and sprinklers and stuff too uh,
1: I feel like that's a reality show that needs to be in development. <laughs> spray park, chase down. <laughs> that's amazing. Good for him. I feel like swimming pool change rooms and spray park after post spray park are like a form of purgatory. So I don't know how he kept his cool. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: it was inspiring.
1: We're definitely obviously really interested in talking about Gender diversity, and you know, like talking with kids about gender spectrum and creative play, and all that, all that really good stuff. Uh, But we have been kind of talking a a little bit more about like male, female experience stereotypes, um, Mm -hmm. that part of the puzzle. So I want we want to spend a little bit of time really digging into like thinking about our kids that are are you know identifying as non-binary or gender creative or. Trans, you know, genderqueer, whatever that fit is yeah, for a specific kid. Kids identify. So I, I was just thinking about pronouns. First mm-hmm. of all, like normalizing the practice of like asking people for their pronouns. Is yeah. An awesome first step. Like yeah. everywhere and anywhere, not just, you know, like for kids that maybe are using new pronouns or changing their pronouns. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering, like both you and I and our partners mm-hmm. chose to use gendered pronouns when our kids were born. Mm hmm what like why did you guys choose that why did you decide to use gendered pronouns and not um neutral pronouns uh if i'm being perfectly honest we didn't even think about it Mm, interesting we defaulted yeah
0: we defaulted to what we've always known Mm -hmm. and it's only as i've been a parent longer and sort of been watching my child grow and like learning and reading and observing that I've come to think about it more. So I think if we went back, maybe we would do things differently. Maybe we wouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know, cause we don't have time machines,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't.
0: but yeah, if I'm being perfectly honest, it never occurred to us to not.
1: Mm, interesting. Well, on the contrary, like it did occur to me mm-hmm. and I still didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I think in our case, and I, maybe people can relate to this. I have so much respect for people that are making that choice for their family. Mm-hmm. If it if it's feeling good and safe, I feel like w- I wasn't brave enough okay. to make that choice. Brave in what way? Uh, I think it's a bold choice. I think it like sets you up to have to constantly be, what's the word I'm looking for? Justifying. Mm -hmm. your choice
0: and educating others and educating
1: other people and having that discussion yeah i think if i'm being really vulnerable and honest i just wasn't brave enough i think i allowed the easiest route to be my you know my deciding our deciding path i guess with the caveat that i sort of also was feeling like i'm hopeful that even though we have chose to use gendered pronouns with our kids at this point Mm -hmm. When we say that, we also mean like, just to clarify, like he and him and versus like she and her versus like they, them neutral, because I'm hoping that the way that we talk about gender in our households and the way that Mm -hmm. we've made it like explicitly clear that like Mm -hmm. this might not fit for you, Mm -hmm. it's perfectly possible that you're going to want to explore identity in a different way that Mm -hmm. feels better for you. My hope is, is that that provides safety to make an adjustment if it doesn't feel good. Absolutely, but, yeah, and but I sorry go that, ahead. Made me think.
0: <laughs> yeah, how I was saying, like yeah, it didn't occur to us, and then just how, as we're watching and listening and as we're watching mm-hmm. our child develop, that like I say my son, but when I'm talking to my child, if, as I mentioned before, my child identifies mostly by vehicle, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> depending on what vehicle, like every day starts with our kid asking us what vehicle we are that day and then telling us what vehicle that they are, mm-hmm. and so depending on what gender he's ascribed to the vehicle Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for that day, that's generally the pronoun that I'll use for that day. And I'm trying Mm -hmm. to be more mindful of doing that because it really it like it shouldn't be a big deal. So like, you know, if today he is I don't know, like Roy the fire truck and he'll (laughs) be a he. But then maybe tomorrow she's Amber the Ambulance. So then Mm -hmm. she and so it's sort of like based on that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if I'm talking to somebody else and they're like, oh, do you have any kids? And I'll be like, I have a son. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a weird dichotomy because like to my child, I will just go with whatever comes up in the moment. But then talking mm-hmm. to other people, I default to the norm.
1: Mm-hmm. And so that's something yeah. I
0: actually think I should think about and challenge myself yeah. instead, maybe just be like, I have a three-year-old.
1: Yeah. And like, but even in like, I'm thinking about in, in my kid's case, like their names Mm -hmm. are not neutral either. Right. So I I think it is like, I think you're making a really important point about how we talk to others and normalizing like neutral pronouns out out of the world. Like if you're talking to somebody, maybe just like even like switching back and forth, right. Between like a gendered pronoun and a, and a neutral pronoun, like they and them. Mm -hmm. I think the more that everyone is like normalizing that practice, regardless of who somebody is, Mm -hmm that's helpful. It's, it's, you know, pushing things forward. I think it's super cool with like how every day is a new identity though, in your world. I feel like there's I, I definitely a net. every once in so a
0: while that there'd be a human identity as opposed to vehicle, but you know.
1: <laughs> but it's cool. I feel like there's like a Netflix cartoon in that.
0: Sort of like exploring. <laughs> because all of the characters that my kid is naming after are from Netflix. Cartoons. Okay. Copyright. Pardon me.
1: <laughs> Copyright issue. Yeah, and I think like I'm really interested to hear from families that have made different choices. Yes, and if that applies, we'd love to hear your experience. And it just goes to show, though, like we're thinking about this stuff all the time, and we're, you know, we're engaging in it, and we 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 want to do better. But like the the status the, quo pull the pull of the status quo is strong. It is strong, for sure. And I like I, yeah, it's funny. I I do find myself beating myself up about that piece. Like you know I you know and going back the worst part is is like going back i don't know that i would do it differently it's not like i'm sitting here now being like oh i would i would do it differently like if mm-hmm. I, I i'm still informed by that status quo and like the easiest path for the kid and for me mm-hmm. i don't know we're all flawed
0: well, yeah, and we're learning. We're trying to figure it out, and there's no guidebook, right? Mm. And so, I mean, I was like, right, like kind of hoping maybe you'd say right? there was a guidebook. And maybe I could just go Check one out of the library <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> but I think like again, that comes out to sort of unlearning things mm-hmm. that we were that we grew up with, because yeah. you know, this our kids are in a different generation than us now. Yeah, and every generation gets new information and kind of tries to carry on some of the things of the generation before, but also undo some of the things and create new.
1: Yeah. And I think we can learn a lot from parents who are like doing really amazing things in their own families. Mm-hmm. Like comes to mind for me. I know a few families who have kids who identify as trans and, or are gender non-conforming, gender non-binary and just like a little mini shout out to all those parents who are really modeling yes, what it looks like out. to be like an advocate for your kid, to create safety for your kid and to you know, like really celebrate who they are. Yeah, that's what I see happening with a bu- a handful of parents that I know. Um, And that looks different for every family. Like I know some families that have taken like a very public route where they're like really like public activists about, um, you know, the rights of trans kids in schools and like their Mm -hmm. kids speak out and like Mm -hmm. are sort of representatives of the issue. And that's important. And we need those voices. And Mm -hmm. I'm like super grateful for their courage and like their willingness to do that hard work. And then I know other families who are very private about what works for their kids experience and they're protective Mm -hmm. and have taken a very different approach and don't want to be, um, publicly speaking about their kids' experience. It's, um, it's, it's their and story. And that's okay. And, that's totally okay. I think the important but, uh, part is yeah.
0: the child being supported to be who they are.
1: Totally. And that part is like, they're in spades. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, there's no one right way I think, to be a supportive family for kids in their exploration of gender, except for, allowing for it to happen and being mm-hmm. supportive of whatever the result is.
0: Sorry. I just, I don't know why this just popped into my head. I just had a memory from when I was a kid because you know, you do like creative writing in school and stuff. Yeah. I don't know this might turn into a therapy session. Just bear yeah. with me. I'm gonna just good. I'm here. I'm just you- gonna say this out and then figure out what it means in a second. Okay,
1: we're gonna but, tease it apart.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I remember like writing things and always struggling with pronouns because I would always just write like they or them or theirs, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and then
0: always kind of getting you know the classic like red
1: pen. I was gonna line say it was a red pen, wasn't it? Of course it was. They're it's not supposed to do that anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a red ball. you know. Like we said, yeah. this is just
1: ten years ago. Oh, pretty recent. <laughs>
0: Just kidding. I own every year that I am.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like, and I remember
0: ago. being corrected on my pronoun use because I'd always just say they or them because it kind of, I couldn't be bothered to stop and to stop my flow of writing to figure out the character's gender. Like I just needed mm-hmm. to get all of the words out. So I would just say they, I would just say them. But now I'm also wondering if part of that is my parents, their native language doesn't use he, her pronouns. That's amazing. Like the word for he and him and her are the same. Mm. And so like, I remember when I was little, my parents would always get pronouns wrong because when they're speaking in English, mm-hmm. like there that wasn't their first language. So then they would always mess that up. And I'd always like, ah, oh, it's a boy or oh, yeah. a girl. <laughs> but now I'm like, no, man, I think you were ahead of your time.
1: <laughs> I think they were ahead of their time, but it's interesting that you felt shame around that, that you were like, oh, like that's transgressive. Like you have to Probably yeah. categorize people yeah like oh you're gonna embarrass that person because you didn't get their gender correct yeah i think they were just ahead of the curve and i think that's really amazing and there's probably other examples of like languages, languages around yeah. the world that have more i don't know just fluidity when it comes to like identifying people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where gender isn't like the identifying factor it's yes it's or there is like i know in, i might have this wrong and please fact check me community but i feel like swedish has a th- a third pronoun that's really like always been there like whereas like they and them were like really working hard to like normalize this like a third neutral pronoun but Swedish has always had a pronoun I want to say that it's Z or Z or or something that sounds like that that's always been there and that's been like part of their um, lexicon and like their way of speaking which I think is super cool and something that we can even uh, you know like aspire to in our own language use
0: I'm just trying to do a quick fact check as you talk and I'm not, I know I could see person. you. I was like, she's fact checking me. I'm
1: a research nerd. <laughs> I know I could tell you get your little research face on and I can see that <laughs> right, you're like, I'm totally I see the glow of,
0: as like, you can probably see in the reflection of my glasses. I literally so.
1: <laughs> can see the glow of your computer on your glasses. <laughs>
0: and the glee, the glee, just like, and you're like, like I got to figure it out. I know.
1: But anyway, I just think, um, yeah, we have a lot to learn from parents that are supporting their kids to explore who they are and what feels good. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, just having the conversation is a great first step and mm-hmm. continuing to, where we can in our small and big ways, challenge the status quo.
0: Yes, and uh, also because,
1: I think yeah. it's important too that you don't always, as a parent,
0: have to be the one to direct the to direct to the conversation. Like you can take cues from your child.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm
0: to like what they're asking you and you can maybe see like depending on the questions people are asking maybe they're struggling with their identity maybe they know their identity and they're trying to let you know what it is without Mm -hmm. being saying the exact words so just listening is important Mm
1: -hmm. and like maybe it's not even about like talking explicitly about gender but maybe Mm -hmm. it's the messages we give around like it's okay to be who you are whatever that is if you're feeling like you want to leave that door open like there's lots of things that we can be saying and doing in other parts of our you know, discussions with our kids that um, both explicitly and more kind of broadly encourage them to be able to be who they are.
0: And I just wanted to jump in too, because we've been talking a lot about the non-binary gender identity. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to, I mean, it's probably a little late in the game here, but I'm just going to throw out a Mm -hmm. definition for some people who might not know what non-binary means. So this is from Teen Talk. And again, we're going to be posting a list of resources with this episode, Mm -hmm. and this will be one of them. But they describe non-binary as someone who does not identify as a man or woman or solely as one of those two genders. Mm-hmm. It's often used as an umbrella term for identities that fall outside the male, female gender binary. Mm-hmm. Being non-binary means different things to different people, so this definition defi- definition is purposely broad.
1: Cool. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Sometimes we assume understanding that maybe we just need to make sure everybody's along for the ride when we're using terms. And if we ever do use language that you're like, what are they talking about? Please do let us know so that we can clarify that for folks, whether it's. Mm
0: -hmm. And make sure it's included too in our, yeah. Minisodes and in our um, resource lists. For sure. And I also just wanted to follow up um, with something I read on the National Center for Transgender Equality site. Mm-hmm. they just said, I think this is important. You don't have to understand what it means for someone to be non-binary in order to respect them.
1: Absolutely. So use yep. the
0: name a person asks you to use. If you're not sure what pronouns someone uses, ask. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, awesome. it's, that's easy, tangible, concrete things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, if you use the name, somebody tells you to use. Yep. The same way when you introduce, like when you're meeting somebody for the first time, maybe you're meeting somebody that you used to know in a different way. And now you want to know who they are now.
1: Mm-hmm. Ask them. Or who they've always been and who they're now yeah. feeling like safe feeling enough to, to be. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Amazing. Yep. There's, um, we're all learning and we're all just trying to make sure that everybody gets to be safe in their own skin. Yes. Especially our little people. Yes. Because it literally saves lives.
0: Yes. It literally saves lives and it is that easy. And again, this goes back to also... Just diversity in the books that you're reading with your kids, in the TV shows that you're watching, the movies that you're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg, you told me about this really great book that you have read with your kids. That's mm-hmm. called what was it called? Red.
1: It's called Red. And other listeners may have read this book or know this author. It's uh, author by the Red, name like of the color R E D. Yes, R E D. Oh. It's an author called Michael Hall, and they've written some other really great children's books as well. But Red is a really cool story. It's about a crayon, mm-hmm. and it's about a crayon who has a red wrapper, but is actually blue. And like, I really love it because it like g- goes through like a real like process of like showing this crayon really struggling to be successful as a red crayon. Mm-hmm. And like the things that people around the red crayon say, or the blue crayon, pardon me, but that I think is red, that they, um, you know, feel are helpful or like trying to be helpful... And really, it's not until another crayon who asks the, quote, red crayon to make them an ocean. Mm. And the red crayon says, well, I can't because I'm red. And yeah. then the other crayon says, well, can you just try? And then the red crayon makes a spectacular blue ocean. Aww. And, it, uh, reali- and the crayon realizes, I've been blue all along. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I haven't felt good and why I haven't felt comfortable or yeah, like, true to who to be I am red when really I'm blue. I keep trying to be red and I'm not red and then I love the way that the story ends too because it sends a message of a real hopeful message where the crayons from previous that were trying to be helpful but maybe weren't so helpful mm-hmm. um are really celebrating how wonderful this crayon is as blue. Lovely. Yeah so they're really like i i was inspired by their blueberries and like you know it's like cute little things about being blue yeah and i think that sounds a really important message that like people are going to love and support you for who you are mm-hmm. i like that a lot awesome yeah. you had another good book i feel like that you talked about
0: yeah it was a book we got out of the library um pre-pandemic so i think we just own it now i think that's what's <laughs> happening with library books yes. it's yours <laughs> It's called From the Stars in the Sky to the Fish in the Sea. Mm-hmm. And it's by Kai Cheng Tom. And it's just about a child who's born not knowing their gender. And their mom is just like, you know, you're awesome the way you are. And you're just going to be who you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of goes through the child going to school. And the kids not necessarily accepting them for who they are. Mm. But every day they go home to their mom and their mom reaffirms that they Mm -hmm. are great and wonderful just the way that they are Mm -hmm. and they stick true to who they are and they don't feel uh, because of that strength and the love and support from their Mm -hmm. mom they don't feel like they need to fit themselves in a box that they're Mm -hmm. not meant to be in
1: oh it's gonna make me cry yeah (laughs) that's lovely Well, maybe we'll put those resources up on the gram and make sure that other folks can access um, that info and we'll put up some other book lists and any other resources that we have to share. And we wanna hear from you if you have other books that you're reading, more other resources that um, you think people would find helpful in having these conversations around gender and gender identity, throw throw them our way. Or share stories or fact check us,
0: call us out. Anything that you wanna contribute to the conversation, we wanna hear. Sounds good.
1: show with our pause for momentum. I am who I am. They try to tell me who I am, but shouldn't it
0: be me telling them? Every box they try to stuff me in increases my sense of isolation. My body was born in a mismatch. Though I can appreciate its beauty, it does not reflect my gender. I fight to use my voice, but all they hear is anatomy. Can't I just exist as who I am? This is me telling you, so please listen. I am who I am not anyone else. So mom, dad, please accept me the same way that I accept you. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find podcasts.
1: Gaining Momentum is written, produced, and edited by Abby and Megan. With music by Evan Dysart. And podcast art by Katherine Katcha.
0: And a special thank you to our podcast mentor, Belle, from the podcast, Thirst
1: World Problems. Thanks, Belle. Thanks, Belle. And if you want to find any more info on any of their work, please check out the links in our podcast description.